Podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This week, I chose a listener request from an Instagram user using the handle, The Classic Hollywood Story. I personally don't understand Instagram or any of this, but Grandpa's willing to roll with it. He writes... Hey guys, so I'm not sure how many Instagram DMs you get or how many requests you get through Instagram, but I have a couple I hope you'll consider for the podcast. I'm a teen who found and fell in love with classic radio years ago. I finally convinced some of my friends to listen to your podcast back when you did The Thing That Cries in the Night, and they fell in love with it. So, the classic Hollywood story, teen? From your suggestions, we are doing It Happened, from Lights Out, from May 5th, 1938. And I don't know what a DM is. From the August 10th, 1935 issue of Radio Guide. Lights Out was presented for the first time on WENR on a Wednesday at midnight early in January 1934. Watching a Lights Out broadcast is an experience in itself. As the opening words are spoken, all studio lights are extinguished. Working in utter darkness, excepting the pinpoint of light that enables the actors to see their scripts, and another in the control room so they can watch the program's producer. The article in Radio Guide continued... Willis Cooper spent a few evenings giving himself the jitters by writing tales of horror instead of reading them. That's no gag. With that vivid imagination of his, you know he has to have one to write those chilling tales. He sometimes scares himself, so he has to stop writing in the middle of a story and finish it the next day. I could not find who the actors were in this episode. However, the female lead of Jones sounds very much like Mercedes McCambridge, who is one of my favorite radio actors ever. So... I'm just going to assume that it is. By the way, It Happened is considered one of the best episodes of Lights Out ever done. So here it is, It Happened from Lights Out, originally broadcast May 5th, 1938. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Lights out, everybody.
way, girls, this way. This way, girls, this way. Cool-faced old maid. Makes me sick. Who cares about the Louvre and scummy pictures and junk like that? Fun. I want fun. Now, Jean, Jean Taylor, why do you always lag behind? You know that makes my task of shepherding you girls infinitely more difficult. Do I have to be shepherded? Do I look like a sheep? Now, Jean, my dear, please don't take that attitude again. Your father... My father. My father. What does my father understand about me now, Jean? What does anybody understand about a girl like me? My dear child, for 20 years I've conducted young ladies... For 20 my... years you've been a pain in the neck. Jean Taylor. A pain in the neck, that's what you are. Here we have the Mona Lisa. She's got a pan like a hunk of cheese. Culture, girls. Culture. Culture. You make me sick. Jean Taylor, how could... Oh, don't pop up like that. You'll blow something. Cable. A cable to your father. Go ahead, cable, and send for him. Who cares? What good's Paris if I don't get any fun out of it? You, you dried-up prune. Uh, I've never been talked to like this in all my life. Well, that's what you are, a prune. A little dried-up prune. The other girls... The other girls make me as sick as you make me sick. Fun. Fun's what I want. And neither you nor my father nor anybody else is going to stop me from having it. Now I understand how you broke your mother's heart. Oh, cut it out. That tune's made me sing in the choir long enough. I'm sick of it. Money's for fun, and life's for fun. I'm young. My father's got plenty of what it takes. So starting right now, the devil with sculptures and paintings and all your culture. <laughs> this is Paris. Paris. And I'm going to have fun. 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 And I'm starting right now. Jean, come back here. Jean. Jean, come back here. Chasing after me. Never catch up with me. Dried old prune. Fun. Fun. Paris, full of fun. Free now. Yeah, I'm free now. Until she gables father. Get all the fun I can while I'm free. Nobody knows me here. Get away with anything. Anything. Old prune face. Lost in the crowd. All this is swell being alone. Man looking at me. Ooh, I can only talk French. Fun. I gotta hear fun. Step over to the window. Stand there looking in. Someone might talk to me. Someone might. I beg your pardon. Do forgive me for startling you. <laughs> well, I'm not startled. Aren't you Jean Taylor from New York? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. This is a coincidence. Sam Edwards, the name. I know you? Not exactly. I know your father. Oh. He often spoke to me of you. His favorite daughter, aren't you? Am I? <laughs> I get it. Sort of holds you down, doesn't he? You mean he tries to. <laughs> well, I can see he isn't very successful now, is he? Oh, I do all right. Alone? Certainly. Going someplace in particular? Why? Why not go places with me? Turn to my father's. What'd you say? Uh, nothing. I wish you would say something. For instance, that you'd like to have me show you Paris. The real Paris. Real Paris? Of course. The Paris the tourists never get to see. The Paris you read about. The living, lusty Paris. You go with me? Oh, mister, I'd love it. Excellent, excellent. Shall we go? You really mean the, the real Paris? Pure and unadulterated. <laughs> and not so pure. Mister, you're the answer to a maiden's prayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not much further. Kind of a funny street, isn't it? The real Paris. I hope. And here we are. Told you it wasn't much of a walk. You, you mean this house? That's right. 
the old Paris. It's old enough. Sure looks like a dive. If your father heard of this, oh. He won't. He won't. I should hope not. I thought you said this was a club. Oh, yes, indeed. I'll have our own key. Here you are, my dear. Fun a la carte. I'll take it a la mode. A la anything. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, where are you? Just closing the door. All right, this way, my dear. Say, how about some lights? How about it? In here, plenty of lights. I thought you said there'd be a swing band. I don't hear anything. Well, not so impatient, all in good time. Step in here. It better be good. Uh, it will be. Say... There's nothing in here. But Mr. Edwards, locking the door. Say, what's the idea? It seems like a good idea. I said, what's the idea? And I said, it seems like a good idea. You lied to me. I'm an opportunist. You show me the etchings. <laughs> Got plenty of insides, huh, kid? I'm not a kid. And if you think you can get away with anything, you're crazier than you look. Am I? You said you were a friend of my father's. I am. I am indeed a friend of his money. What? Money, money. You little sap, you don't think I'm interested in you? Don't you talk to me like that. <laughs> Still wet behind the ears. You let me out of here. Sit down, sit down. Let me out. Sit down. Uh, that's the idea. After all, you're not talking to your dear papa now. I'm a fellow who likes his own way even more than you do. This'll cost you plenty, mister. You mean it'll cost papa plenty? $150,000 plus interest. Let me out of here. $150,000 plus interest. Every dime he took from me, I'll get back. I don't know what you're talking about. Open that door and let me out of here. You think it was accidental, my meeting you? On the contrary, I planned every minute of it. I knew exactly what you've been doing ever since you stepped foot in Paris. Why shouldn't I know? I've been waiting for this. He took my money, that father of yours, and now he'll give it back. They know where I am. They'll find me. Carwinkle doesn't know where you are. You saw to that. You know... I just told you I made it my business to know. Yeah, he'll give me back my $150,000, that father of yours. You can't keep me here. On the contrary. I can do nothing else. I waited two years for a chance like this. Yeah, two years. Because I knew sooner or later you'd be alone. You... The only way I could get him to give me back my money. Well, now I've got you. The whole 19 spoiled years. I'm not afraid. Why should I be? He's old. I'm smarter than he is. I'm not afraid of him. What's he talking about, my father? $150,000. Father stole it from him. Maybe he did. What do I care? He can't keep me here. i got to get out. I'm smarter than he is. Candlestick on table. Got to get him to turn his back. That's it. Turn his back. Grab candlestick. Mr. Edwards, look. Behind you. What? Nothing at all, except this. What? Candlestick. What did you You get? open that door. Put down that candlestick. Don't come near me. Why, you little good for nothing. Give me that candlestick. What are you trying? Candlestick. Candlestick heavy in my hand. Drop it. He's lying there so still. Maybe I... Something dark. Crawling along his head out on the floor. Blood. Blood. Killed him. Killed him. 
Which key is it? Which key? I can't find the right one. Which is it? I've got to get out of here. Blood pouring out of me. I'll go crazy. My head. I'm all mixed up. This is the door we came in. It is. But why won't the keys? i got to get out of here. I killed a man. i got to get out. Wind. Where? In the shadows. Another door. Open. I will get out. I will. Steps going down. So dark. Kill the man. Get away. Back to hotel. No one will know. Ever. Dark. I... I don't know. I... Water. Basement floor covered with water. Can't get out. Have to go up there. Find another way out. Go up there again. Must be another way out up there. The door. Shut. Wind blow it shut. Oh, I can't open it. Can't. I gotta get out. I got to. Go down again. See if water's deep. Wade through water if it isn't deep. Only up to my ankles. I will get out. I will. Must be a basement door. So dark. Killed him. If they catch me. They won't catch me. Never. Nobody knows. That sound. Running water. Over this way. I wonder why. Get out of here. No one will know. Can't know. No one saw me come in. Water, darling, falling, my head. Yes, remember. I remember. Stepped out. Water over my head. Filthy water. Pulling me under. I hear it. Yet, no water here. So dark. Where am I? Where? Gotta get out of here. Gotta get out. Stand up. Oh. Oh. (laughs) My head. Stone roof above. Crawl. Crawl out of here. Kill the man. Gotta get out of here. Smash this head in. Gotta get out of here! But not that way, mademoiselle. Another foot in that direction? And you would have fallen many feet into the water. Where are you? Beside you. I saved your life, mademoiselle. What? You floated by drowning. I saved you. You saved me? Oui, I did. In the dark, I saw you. Dark? Water? Where am I? Where am I? You do not know. Where am I? Wet stone. Spill. 
You've got to tell me where I am. Oui. I tell you, mademoiselle. You are in one of the great sewers of Paris. This way. What's the matter with you? Do you have to walk so fast? But I walk slowly, mademoiselle. So dark. Haven't you even got one match? I see quite well, mademoiselle. If you will follow me. Then walk slower. You're just a shadowy something. Walk slower, I tell you. I am a busy man, mademoiselle. You fool, don't you understand? The quicker you get me out of here, the more I'll pay you. I'll give you more than you make in a year. The sewers run beneath the streets like fingers of outstretched hands. Some of these tunnels are so old that all the world has forgotten them. There's no water here. We, if that is true, abandon this one. How much further? A step, merely a step. You said that half an hour ago. Turn here. Turn here. eh? Up the steps. Turn, and here we are. What are you talking about? It's still dark. We're still underground. We are here. What are you talking about? My workroom. Workroom? Who cares about your workroom? Out of here. You said you'd get me out of here. No, mademoiselle. I take you away from the water. Here. But I want to get out. Out where there's decent air. Out where there's light. Do you hear me? You've got to get me out of here. Oh, no. No. Whoever meets old Louis down here stays here. You're crazy. No. You know what money is, don't you? Oui, mademoiselle. Then get it through that head of yours. I'll make you a rich man if you get me out of here. Rich. Rich. Just get me out of here. You are a noisy one. Crazy. You are. No. You are. What do you stay down here for if you aren't? I work. Work? What sort of work have you here? I make things. You will see. See? How can I see in this dark? Your eyes will accustom themselves. In a few years. Get me out of here! Come. What? Come, mademoiselle. Come. Wait for me. Wait for me. I will show you my work. Wait for me. If you'll get me out of here, I tell you, you'll never be credit. Where are you? I've lost you. Where are you? To your right, mes Turn to your right. My right? Here, I'm here. But, but there's no light here. You didn't get me out. You didn't. My work. It is here. Who cares about your work? Get me out of here where there's light. Light? We. Oui. I will make light. I'm not afraid. I've never been afraid of the dark. Just want to see where I'm going, that's all. Hurry. Hurry up with the light. We, oui, I bring you light. 
miserable little kerosene lamp. Haven't you got anything stronger than that? My work. We oui. Now you will see my work. This way, mademoiselle. In this way. You crazy old fool. Who cares about anything but getting out of here? Will you get it through your head? Money. I'll give you plenty of it. Just show me the way out of this place. Do you want me to go as crazy as you are? Here, my fairy. This is the place. My wonderful workshop. So quiet. Always quiet. No one to disturb all we know indeed. Give me that lantern. I'll get out of here myself. No. That is impossible. My work. You see it? See it? What's that? Take it, mademoiselle. Take it in your hands. I made it. <laughs> With my own hands, I made it. It's a necklace. Oui, a necklace, eh? Exquisite work. You see for yourself, it is exquisite. Okay, so it's exquisite. Now, will you get me out of here? I made it myself. All by myself. No one helped me by myself. You crazy old fool, give me that lantern. No. You must see how I make my beautiful necklaces. Here. Over here, mademoiselle, look. Listen, you give me that lantern or I'll... We. Oui. From these I make it. Bones. We. Oui. Beautiful bones. They come floating down the water to me. Bones of... What? The foolish ones who kill themselves in the water. The sewer brings them to me. We. All of them. Oh. The miserable, unhappy flesh. I take it off then. Then at last. They are bones. Hard, white, useful bones for my work. See? That one in the corner. Take off my arm. No. You must come to look, my sherry. You must. Let's go off my arm. Oh, mademoiselle. Come. <laughs> you see? The skull. I have it almost clean. You stand there. I will show you how I do it. Eh? My saw. So, I cut the good strong white piece off the top and clean the brains away, eh? Watch me. No. No. Get away. Gotta get away. Please, me. Old man. Can't run as fast as I can. Get away. Let's get away, that's all. Sawing that skull. Dead men. I killed a man. Mademoiselle! You're after me. Get away. Oh, I will get away. Nightmare. Gotta get out. So dark. I gotta get the light. I'm crazy if I don't get the light. Water. Water again. Careful. Maybe if I yelled, someone would hear me. Workman, someone in the sewer. If I yelled. Why did you want to run away from me? It was quite useless. Take off me. 
Let go. It is no use to struggle, my sweetie. Let go of me, you crazy fool. Let go of me. Here, here, take your hands off me. Let go of me. You come with me, Babalel. We with me if I have to drag you along. I need your help. I have wanted so very long. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> no. You see, you cannot reach me, Mademoiselle. I twist your arms. So. Oh, my heart. <laughs> now you will do as I say. You will come quietly. Oui, ma chérie. You will help me too. Always help me. There is so much work to do. So many bones to be cut. <laughs> you are doing very well, mademoiselle. We oui, very well indeed. <laughs> stop! Stop! That is not the way to cut. Crosswise, crosswise. Crosswise? If you cut the other way, the bones will split. Splinters are not good for my work. We. Oui. Now you will try it again, eh, ma chérie? Bones. That is right, eh? That one, ma chérie, has long bones, did he not? <laughs> I remember the day I fixed him under the water. Still alive he was. <laughs> but I fixed that. We, oh, oui, I fixed it. <laughs> he must have been like you. Rich, willful, no good for anything or anybody in life. <laughs> but in death, who oh, he, now he will be useful, eh? Keep sewing! Keep sewing! There is so much work to do, my sherry. What was I saying? Ah, about the bones, we. Ah, look about, my sherry. Chains and chains of pretty necklaces. I made them all myself. All myself. Everyone. Like lacy strings they are. Ah, such beauty. We. Stop! Stop! Stop, I tell you! You hear it? You hear it? <laughs> I ask you, you did not hear it? Come quickly. We have work to do. Come. Oh, no. Must I drag you after me always? Huh? Come, come. Another one. Just in time to... Uh, quickly. Come quickly. Burning me. Then come quickly. Yeah, your eyes can see in the dark now as well as mine. Eh? We, I train you. Louis train you well. Such a short time when you are doing so very well, huh? You saw the bones into pieces almost as well as I do myself. Ah, huh? uh, it is good to have a woman around. We'll make this place a fairy land of necklace. Huh? So many of them, they will be like clouds above us. Huh? Quickly, quickly, move more quickly. Don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. oui. I must say you have changed quite nicely. So docile. Quiet things now, where before you were so noisy. 
We, before you were another rich one, good for nothing but for trouble. Now you do my work for me. That is the way it should be, my cherry. Uh, here, here we are. The water runs quite strongly here, doesn't it? Huh? The largest sewer of them all to bring me more white ones for my work. <laughs> See, there it comes, another one. My friend. How could I fish leave with this? <laughs> in my time, the sand is full of fish. In your time? <laughs> Look, see where it's playing in? Where is that for a fish to live? I uh, ma- Monsieur, look what? Uh, in the water. All right. It's a promise. She's a woman. Yeah. The current will take her right by her. Hold on to my arm. I'll get you. I'll get you. Hold on. Oh, oh not too hard. Oh, you will fall in. A little more. A little more. Gotcha! Pull me back! Pull me back now! Help me! Lift her up for it! So, uh, another one, I suppose, who found life too bitter. Poor old women. Must have had a long, miserable life. The misery in her face. Me. She looks as if she might be an American. She... What do? She, she, she moves her lips? Oui. Old oui. woman, what is it? Eh? What are you saying? Uh, what? Would you like a beautiful necklace? Necklace? A beautiful necklace out of bones, real human bones. Lights out. Written especially for radio by Arch Obler, comes to you each Wednesday from our Chicago studios. This program has been heard in Canada over the facilities of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That was It Happened, 
from Lights Out here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that was another listener request as we continue this summer to hammer out all these requests and get them done. And that came to us from an Instagram user who recommended a bunch of different shows, and we chose that one. His handle, is that the right word for Instagram? (laughs) Username? Username. Handle is for CB radios. Those aren't a thing? No, not a thing anymore. Well, breaker, breaker. <laughs> uh, but he has a great Instagram account. I don't know where he finds them all, but he has gorgeous black and white photos from the classic Hollywood era of old stars. Nice. And he's a teen who's into all this, or so he says. Hope! We have hope for the <laughs> <No>. future! <laughs> Good for you, classic Hollywood story. So the classic Hollywood story yep. is his Instagram Handle. Yeah, sure. We'll bring it back. We'll bring a handle. It's uh, weird on Instagram when you try to form a convoy. <laughs> uh, all three of the people who got that are in this room. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this episode. We said in the intro that it is considered one of the greatest uh, episodes of Lights Out. I'm going to start right at the top and burn this right now. That is absolutely correct. That assessment. This was beautifully done and uh, an amazingly terrifying and horrifying and wonderful journey for me. And as I said in the intro, I couldn't find out who the cast was. And Joan sounded a lot like Mercedes McCambridge. She did to me. And I'm looking all over the internet to try to find the cast for this. I saw one site that said Mercedes McCambridge. This is what I'm getting at. How did you find that? You've got to teach me how to Google better. I could not. I was there for an hour. <laughs> you just have to keep going past page one of your Google whoa. searches. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> then when am I going to have time to read all those also books? Also try variations <laughs> on your search. I do. I do all of this. Okay. And I did not come across even a mention of it. But I'm glad you did. So some website or some person said that they also thought it was yeah. Mercedes McCain. Because I found contradictory information online about Lights Out episodes, which ones exist and which ones don't. Plus the and, broadcast date yeah. of this is in question. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the broadcast date is 1938 on every website, every YouTube account that you can find a copy of this story. Yet if you go to some of the better research radio logs, it claims that none of the episodes from 1938 exist. So I don't know if they're talking about original broadcasts and then mm-hmm. they repackage the old broadcast sometime right. later. Lights Out is a very confusing one to find out the exact air dates. And I'm sure there's a old-time radio nerd out there who specializes in this type of thing and uh, might be able to let us know. I'll be honest, that's the part of old-time radio that interests me the least, so I don't spend <laughs> a lot of time scrounging about what you know, what radio station was this on and what exact year was it broadcast. I like to know vaguely for what was going on in the world that might inform the writing, but right. I tire of that kind of research quickly. <laughs> the opening of Lights Out is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So simple. And so prepares you for what you're going to get into, and it's terrifying in itself. Well, I like that model, which I feel like we stole a little bit for our podcast, of instructing you what to do now in order to enjoy this. It's not just introducing the show. It's you are involved in this now. Right. It even goes past the intro, which I thought was very interesting. The announcer instructs you on how to listen to what you're about to hear in that he says her name was Jane, uh, Jean, excuse me, yeah. you will hear not only her voice in her throat right. as she speaks, but also the voice in her mind as she thinks. Right. And it's essentially it's to tell you that 
when Jean's alone and you hear dialogue, it's supposed to be in her head. Right. And not spoken out loud. Yeah. And they're experimenting with this format. Can we just tell people how to listen to radio who might not know how to listen to dramatic radio yet? They're still discovering it as they write. There was a part of me that said, that's interesting that they're telling us to listen that way. Mm -hmm. And then when it got to that part, I said, oh, that's what he was talking about. And then I thought, why are you telling me that? What if she was saying it out loud? Do I need to be told that? So I w- I'm on the fence, like, if that was even necessary or if it was actually even somewhat detrimental. I think if it's 1938, you might need to be told that. I mean, that's before a lot of the narration has come into True. vogue. I know Orson Welles introduced a lot of that in the Mercury Theater. A lot <laughs> of that. See 100th episode of this podcast. <laughs> also, I think it's good for people who are just tuning into old-time radio today who might not understand the conventions. Like, that seems weird that she's talking to herself incessantly. So they are letting you know they are fiddling with the conventions or creating the conventions of radio drama, and then 80-plus years later, they have to remind new listeners <laughs> that this, these are the conventions of radio drama because they've been forgotten. So overall... What did you think, Tim? Did you like this? I did. But in the way, like, this was tough to listen to. Yeah. And over and over again, I kept thinking, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, this is the same plot. I mean, the same themes of, like, stay with the group, because if you wander just a little bit off the path, it's craziness out there. Right. Uh, And just random and cruel uh, and horrible. That's why the 1938 tag on this makes me suspect. Oh, I think that's the stuff that makes me think it was 1938, or it's at least a written, so... because the early Lights Out was played at midnight, and right. the earlier ones were actually far more graphic and far more violent. It's also far more graphic sexually. You know, oh, I guess you want to show me your etchings next. They pretty much explicitly say that Gene expects to be raped at that point, mm-hmm. or for him to attempt something like that. Mm-hmm. And after the war, things got more conservative. So this, to me, has to be pre-war or a rebroadcast of an earlier script written in the 30s. Did either of you have to go back and listen to the last seven minutes? I got confused, and I thought he was sawing her bone at the end. And then I went back and went, oh, he's having her saw some other body. But imagine thinking that she was muffled crying while he was sawing off her arm. (laughs) And I thought it was much more devastating when I listened to it the first time, thinking, is this happening? Is this what they're doing? And she's in shock and is going, okay, saw my arm off. And then when I went back and realized that he had recruited her to do this to some other body, I went, is that better? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a different kind of sickness. You're my bone-sawing slave. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, We have never discussed in nearly 100 episodes of this podcast what our uh, parameters are for swearing. So I'm going to go ahead and say something, and then we can either bleep it out or not. But holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was unbelievable, that ending. It was so horrifying and so difficult to listen to. Which part of it? From the sawing on, when she's sawing and then they drown a guy, and then she comes up and the fishermen get her and she has that... She's imitating his voice. Yeah. Yeah. All of it was just so much. I was coming out of my skin. Well, I'll let you guys know a little of my thoughts here, and this is 
one man's opinion, but I've heard this before, and hearing it a second time, it just fell in my estimation, because wow. I think everything about it is pure shock. It's just one of those Obler-style stories where it's just like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Gore that is, shock, yeah, that gore is the, shock, uh, and then it's over. The horror is rooted not in the suspense of, the stakes are this, it's just... Anything could happen. Yeah. It's just chaos down there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why it's held in high regard, and I think it is well done. But to my taste, it's the horror I like the least. Mm-hmm. And the themes are repulsive to me. It's like this rich girl deserved it for straying off the path. Whether or not that's really what Obler intended, this far out, you can't really tell an author's intent too much. Uh, but that monster in the sewer really hates the fact that she's rich until i get rich i'm just going to agree with the monster in the sewer. <laughs> let me counteract that a little bit what tim said about it being utter chaos and you guys saying that it wasn't suspenseful i found the suspense part of it to be when she kills the guy with the candlestick and she is wandering around in whatever it is knee deep mm-hmm. water in complete darkness I found that compellingly suspenseful and terrifying, and I was invested. Like, oh my God, I can see, ironically, I can (laughs) see this flailing about in complete darkness with water. It's so grotesque in a sewer, Mm -hmm. and the inner monologue or outer monologue, it doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. of what she's going through, the escalation that she's going through. She goes up and down and up and down to, you're going to be okay. You're going to get out of this. I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to get out of this. And it runs that roller coaster gamut of the emotions in that situation. I was really intrigued by out of the frying pan into the fire three times. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean like it's not suspenseful, like it's not really scary, but it's not the bomb under the table. It's not you know what's going to happen and you're just waiting to see it happen. It's suspenseful in that... All the rules are gone. There's no real foreshadowing of anything that happens. No. That's the only thing you know for sure is it's worse now and it's going to be worse soon. I love how she's up in the city getting culture and making fun of the lady, calling her dried up old prune and making fun of her voice. And then she gets taken away by this guy who locks her in a basement. And then from the basement, she goes in the sewer. Literally, she goes deeper and deeper into hell. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the horror is just excruciating. Like It it seems to go on forever when she is captured in that sewer. It feels like an eternity of her crying and sawing bones. (laughs) (laughs) Two things. First, in response to your idea, that's not my kind of horror. And, And Tim said Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I cannot stand blood and guts horror movies where it's just people being mutilated i hate them we i think by doing this podcast it's explicit that we like suspense we like hitchcock (laughs) you know we don't need to see the blood somehow though it worked for me in a rare time where i normally be like yeah okay we're sawing people up gross there was something about the character the french guy in the sewer and i think it has something to do with mercedes mccambridge and her performance I was with her the whole time. Because she's so good at both sides of that. That cocky, sarcastic, funny teen who you really like at the top, telling off the chaperone. And then she's also just so compelling as this Mm -hmm. frightened, horrified teen at the end. The other thing I was going to say to you was 
What's the castle one where he's burying women in some Murder men? Castle. Murder Castle. Thank you. Where's <laughs> Says that? it on the tin. What's the, <laughs> what's the castle one where all the murder's taking place? Remember that joke from Cheers? What's the name of that movie where the kids go in the barn and they get murdered and then some more kids go in the barn and they get murdered and some more kids go in the barn and they get murdered? What's the name of that movie? Don't go in the barn. <laughs> um, I know you like Murder Castle. Mm-hmm. Right? That's one that you love. Is I, that I, not I, grotesquely gruesome? I think it is grotesquely gruesome. I do tend to, when they get this awful and this gross, I slip into the guy who wants order and justice in the world. And I like Murder right. Castle because he gets nailed in the end. This one, there's n- no. no justice, no anything. It's just a exercise in horror. Unless you hate rich people. <laughs> right. Then it's just a beautiful... Well, with or if you really love fishermen, at the end, right. they seem pretty happy. <laughs> hey, necklace, nice. <laughs> and my wife is going to love these. Speaking of French accents, is it just me, or I have a difficult time with French accents uh, when they're trying to be serious? Because all I can think about is Peter Sellers and the Pink Panther yeah. movies. They all sound like a parody of a French accent, all French accents. Particularly this era. No one here is trying to do a really um, realistic French accent. No, it was. It was dead on. That's how they all (laughs) sound like. I should not just keep marrying this one to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it was so close to my head. I was thinking of it the whole time. Mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if you've never seen it, or it has a reputation of being super gory, but it's really not. There's almost no blood in it. Really? Yeah. It's got this incredibly visceral set design just like animal carcasses and weird leather things hanging off the walls but it's not that gory at all but the same with both of them it's just the ideas are Mm -hmm. so sickening well with the name of texas chainsaw massacre i guess i just always assumed it was just a guy cutting people up the name does a lot of work (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) how about this foley of the sign oh yeah right it's just incessant and the whimpering she's doing during it is terrible. It's like, oh my God, I shouldn't be watching or, yeah, watching. In my head, I am watching. And that guy is so crazy. There's that speech he does when he talks about now with two people will make so many bones. It'll be like clouds in the sky. And it's a really bizarre image, but it's really unsettling because he's just dreaming of the sewers filled with human bone. (laughs) Well, there's that whole section that's in the dark. And you're just like, is this guy a monster? Where is she? And you get a little kerosene lantern, and it takes a little bit before you get, oh, it's making you drill out of bones. But this guy never describes him. He's just a nope. guy. Yeah. It was a, uh, a fairyland of necklaces, by the way, was his <laughs> <Yeah>. quote. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and it has also that, I mean, it's probably a cliche now, but of the... She makes a break for it. She's escaping. She's going. You're with her. Like, yes, we're going to get out of this. No, he's right there. Well, another horrific moment. Impersonation of her yelling for help. Oh, yeah. Is very Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Mocking people, yelling for help is just wrong. (laughs) It's really upsetting. It's so upsetting, isn't it? Yes. Help. Oh, help, help, help. And all of these reactions I'm having is why I loved this so much. I wasn't expecting any of it. You guys talked about there's no foreshadowing. You don't know what's going to happen. There's not a bomb under the table. We're waiting to go off. It's just one thing after another and the dissension into hell and all. I think this is why I enjoyed it so much. Mm -hmm. I was caught off guard constantly. I don't like guessing what's going to happen. 
and being right. I do agree. Like a, a second listen would probably not have that same experience for me. Mm-hmm. Of well, no, you know what's going to happen. That sinking <laughs> feeling of like ah ah ah. No, it goes- she's just like a twofold victim here because she is a victim of the bizarre, horrible things that happen to her here. But a lot of it comes down to she's like a victim of her father's wealth, right? right? She's oh, there right. in France where she doesn't want to be on this whatever sort of weird lecture tour she's on that she runs away from. Then her father screwed a guy over who then kidnaps her. And then um, the guy in the sewer, old Louis, he goes on rants about rich people and he's taking it out on her. She's just born into this. Yeah, and, ultimately, and, and similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, she really didn't do anything wrong, really. No. There's there's nothing that she did that really warranted this. Yeah. No. And I admit, the older I get, I like the ghost stories and horror stories in which the victim is the wrongdoer. <laughs> I think <laughs> And that, maybe it's a certain amount of years under the belt where you're just like, that, I'm tired of seeing and hearing right. this. <laughs> I think your problem with this, Joshua, boils down to there's nobody to root for. I will ultimately, no matter what her behavior is at the top, root for a defenseless young person. If she were to come to me afterwards and say, what could I have done differently, Tim? (laughs) (laughs) But she would say, what could I have done differently? I would say, after you killed the attempted rapist... You probably could have just gone to the police at that point and been fine. It was locked. She got locked, right? Yeah. She got locked and she couldn't yeah, get out Yeah, but she was panicking because she thought she was going to be in trouble. But how is she going to prove that? How is she going True. to end up at the police and 1930s going... 1930s France. Or... <laughs> yes. Um, I think they would have probably blamed the woman. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of world is this? A world in which Frenchmen make bone jewelry in the sewer. That's what kind of world this is. <laughs> Uh, Any other thoughts or notes? I was curious at the end. I was like, it happened. That's a weird title. That could be the title of every single Lights Out. Like, yep, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the title is weird now that you're bringing that up. I dug into it because, like, I don't think Arch Over just randomly titled this. And I have no proof of this, but there was a 1935 film called It Happened in Paris. Um, that would have been probably still in people's memory and that he's doing a little snarky play on It Happened, dot, dot, dot. And it was also the first directing credit of Carol Reed, who would later go on to direct The Third Man, which would then spin off into a radio show called The Third Man, starring Orson Welles. Who was was the (laughs) uncle of Kevin Bacon. So when I was listening to this, the thing in my head that was going along with the title... And this is going to be with some work, gentlemen. Okay, all we're right. here for you. you we're see... all holding hands. You can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Magnolia? Nope. Nope. Wow, so the plot of Magnolia is a little complicated. <laughs> We've got five, ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but just, for instance, say, like, there is a rain of frogs. I and... think you're thinking of the Bible. <laughs> also Magnolia. I thought you meant a rain like the frogs ruled over us, which was awesome. <laughs> Little uh, crowns. And a number of other thematic elements. Uh, and so after this is all happening, the uh, camera flashes on, I think it was a poster or something, that just says, it really happened. Mm. Uh, in mm. a reference to these books that actually, oh man, this is a lot of work. Why did I bring so, this up? So what you're saying is the title may have just been like, this is incredible, this is horrible, this is bizarre, but it could really happen. Yes. Or it did happen. Because ah. the point of it is, is there's actually reports of frogs flying from the sky. Right. So, yes, this was a lot of work to say, 
I kept thinking Magnolia while I was listening to this. <laughs> Magnolia and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre combined to make this episode for me. All right. Well, let's send this to our vote. I'm going to do my vote this way and just read a note I wrote. Good Lord, this is good. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the story, how I didn't know what was going on, what was going next. I thought there was a lot of suspense, a lot of terrible moments, a lot of things that made me just come out of my skin. But on top of that, if indeed it is Mercedes McCambridge, or if it's not, the performance by the actress is just phenomenal. And you ready? Classic. I'm giving one of my classics out. I'd never heard this before, and that was really right up there for me. That, classics are not a finite resource. Here. No, we decided that one podcast, we only get six. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So I'm going with just absolute dead-on classic. I am agreeing with you. I, I, I also thought this was a classic. It was not fun to listen to, but it was so well done. And a story like this... It has to be executed well, otherwise at a certain point, like, I give up. I don't want to be here anymore, and I don't have to be. (laughs) Um, Why am I not turning this off? Yes. Uh, And I also think the main reason why it's so compelling that you can't turn it off is because of the performances. Yes. It may well be that this is just my first exposure to what is typical of the time. These kinds of stories existed a lot more here than I'm just aware of and that I I might eventually learn more about these and think, oh, this was just one of those old chestnuts. (laughs) But I'd be delighted to find that out because I like these stories, which says something terrible about me. (laughs) I really admire the commitment to horror in this episode, and I really have no qualms with the performances it stands the test of time 100%. In fact, it's strangely contemporary in its graphic mm. elements. To me, a classic has to have a re-listen-to quality for me personally. <clears throat> and because I think it relies entirely on excellently produced shocks, uh, a second listen leaves nothing to discover. So I can't quite give it a classic, although I totally understand why people consider it a classic because it's so well done. My uh, 14-year-old daughter is at that uh, stage in life where she wants scary. Bring on the scariest thing mm-hmm. you can find, and, and I'm getting <laughs> close to, all right, here comes the exorcist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? And uh, everything I keep giving her, she keeps coming back going, eh. And I'm like, what? So I just gave her uh, The Ring, the American version, mm-hmm. which I'd never watch it again. It's... Uh, and uh, she came out and she goes, wow, that was scary. I can't wait to see the Japanese version. <laughs> so, <laughs> but she loves old time radio uh, because that's a, a rule in our house. <laughs> and so I'm going to give this to her yeah. and I'm going to see if I can't scare her. Yeah. She's going to be terrified of French people. <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually, wow, why did I, why do I even start these stories? So, you know, the, there's the grudge in this Japanese horror. There's the ring, the girl in the ring, and mm-hmm. there's the grudge. Right. They're going to have a crossover. Oh. It's happening. Nice. This is 2018 for those of you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case it's 2042 and they're like, ah, uh, there's been uh, 15 crossovers yeah. of that now. The last one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Grudge Ring 10. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tim, tell him some stuff. 
Juwan. Not the grudge. It's Juwan. It's the grudge, but it's Juwan. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That's uh, where you'll find other episodes of this podcast, as well as information about our live shows, because we do live shows. Uh, matter of fact, this summer, August 2018, we'll be at the Minnesota Fringe Festival doing some awesome shows. And then we'll be in September, October at the James Hill Center in downtown St. Paul. Yeah. Uh, you can also find uh, out how to contact us uh, on that website via Facebook or Instagram or our contact form or email. You can do that, too. Also, if you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash themorals and become a member of the mysterious old radio listening society. We've got all sorts of awesome rewards, buttons, membership cards, secret radio shows. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the Patreons and rewards, uh, episode 100 is coming episode up. Episode 100 is coming up, and as a special reward for the listeners who helped us reach our first goal, um, which we have now rocketed past, of $100 a month, uh, we are going to be doing The War of the Worlds as our 100th episode. Uh, so tune in for that. It's going to be a big, exciting, double-sized episode with lots of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> bare knuckled fights <laughs> it ain't gonna be pretty there's a lot of differentiating opinion in war of the worlds let's just say that buckle up <laughs> episode 100 is coming ladies and gentlemen uh, also please uh, click on our uh, friends of the society page we have a lot of other uh, old time radio podcast friends who are doing some fun stuff a lot of original audio drama going on out there from uh, 12 Chimes It's Midnight to Breaking Walls, so uh, definitely check those guys out. Also, write an iTunes review, please. Coming up next, uh, Tim has a listener request he's going to do. Hands of Death from the Sealed Book. That's right. Until then... Look out! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> you are doing very well, mademoiselle. We I would, of course, tell you more, but it would be safer for you if I did not. Are you all right? Of course I'm all right.